Welcome to the Directions Mag podcast. We're honored to bring this valuable resource back to you as we celebrate our 20th year in the geospatial community. Read more at directionsmag.com. I'm Barbara Duke, Managing Editor here at Directions Mag and your host today. After a word from our sponsor, I have a chat with Dr. Lorraine Teague about her perspectives on drones and how this technology impacts traditional surveying and mapping techniques. ESRI, the global leader in GIS, is proud to sponsor the Directions Magazine UAV podcast series. Did you know that ArcGIS is a complete, integrated remote sensing and GIS software platform enabling you to collect, process, analyze, manage, and share imagery? Drone to Map for ArcGIS turns your drone-captured imagery into stunning 2D and 3D imagery products that can be easily shared with anyone. Learn more today at esri.com imagery. Today, we have Dr. Lorraine Teague, ESRI Senior Product Imagery and Remote Sensing Marketing Manager. Uh, Lorraine, can you give us a little more information about your background and experience in the UAV industry? Sure. Um, well, I consider myself to be a remote sensor, um, and I've been working in the remotely sensed field for 20 plus years. Um, so, using different types of platforms, satellite, airborne, um, where we tend to think of planes, and now drones to um, monitor and collect information about the Earth so that we can use it for a host of applications. So I, my roots are in um, SAR data collection, so that's synthetic aperture radar on board an airborne, and I've got extensive experience on spaceborne platforms as well. And so looking at um, using that information um, to be collected to provide both imagery and elevation data for mapping around the world. And in the SAR space, it provided the ability to see through clouds and work at nighttime so that we could collect parts of the world that are under persistent cloud cover. And that was critical, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago because there were so many places around our globe that were not mapped. By fast forward to today, we're seeing another sort of critical type of um, need for remotely sensed data collection. Um, if you think about um, public safety areas or hazards where we've had flooding events or hurricanes and whatnot, and being able to collect information about our ground quickly um, without being there on the ground or boots on the street. That's where remote sensing comes into play, being able to view from a distance and collect that information so that we could then understand what's going on in the ground. And so that's where we see the explosion of drones coming into play, where we're ranging um, applications and being able to get in quickly um, to be able to understand what's going on in the ground. Oh, thank you very much. Um, that's really helpful. Could you elaborate a little more on what mapping and survey principles need to be considered for this type of application? Sure. You know, if I go back to my roots and thinking about SAR, it's a very complex um, way to collect data, primarily because it operates in the microwave portion of the electromagnetic spectrum, where most of the other sensors we use are cameras and whatnot, and they operate in the visible portion of electromagnetic spectrum. So operate the same way as our IC or SAR, it operates more like our ears. But both of these platforms require 
precise information about where those platforms are in relationship to the ground so that the information we can collect, we can then tie it to the ground. And so traditional survey mapping techniques relied on base stations in the field operation collection of ground control. Um, typically we say GNS or GPS data. That's one constellation of, uh, of providing us information about control. But we now say GNSS, which is, encompasses both US, um, Italian, and Russian um, GPS type information to really give us information about control. And I'll get back to that later because today's world, most of the drone operators are not really even thinking about control. And, but yet, they're still collecting information that they can use um, for many applications that traditional surveying mapping techniques were required in order to provide that information. But for now, um, we'll just cut it back to say that the drone type of collection, we're now, through software and hardware combination, being able to provide that type of control so that the output products that our drone um, collectors are, are getting can still be used for traditional mapping and surveying applications. So interesting to see how these things are progressing. So looking at the expansion of drones as a remotely sensed platform, um, how does that compete with traditional survey and mapping techniques or? Right, sure, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, if you're a, a surveyor, they may say that there's no competition. It's a, a different space. Um, it's not providing what we need, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and if you think about large area mapping, uh, mapping a whole state, well, could it really be achieved by a drone? We really need a plane or a satellite to do that. So I think it's more of a complementary technology. And it is benefiting from our traditional survey mapping techniques in that the software that is accompanying drones or being provided by end users like ourselves at Esri, we have a drone to map software that is bolted on, you know, coming from our ArcGIS platform, bringing in the the traditional photogrammetric methodologies, putting it under the hood so that anybody can use this software without even knowing things like photo, the word photogrammetry or control or base station or worrying about um, the accuracy associated with the drone collection per se. That's not to say that we ignore it completely because that's not the case. What's happening is that with a lot of these software packages, we're incorporating that information so that we can transfer it to the end user without them having to worry about it, and yet they still get the accuracy that is required to do a construction project or an agriculture project or a mapping project or look at um, before and after effects from a hurricane. So interesting um, to hear that this is an easier way for people to access this kind of technology with a less training and maybe even less understanding of what they're really doing. Do you have an idea what the landscape of these drone operators looks like today? Sure. Um, okay, so let's talk, take that in two parts. Um, one on okay. the application side, 
So if you in one of the early podcasts, we went through the GIS market, which gave you a breadth of knowledge about the different applications. So I, I won't go into detail in that, but just, you know, just think about inspection and monitoring of a pipeline or a construction site, wanting to know um, without actually visiting the site, how much progress is made from day one to day two with that sort of thing. Um, using collecting data for civil engineering right now on campus at Ezra we're building a new building and we have um, a drone project where we're flying it daily to look at the progress of it to look at the elevation data collected from it um, and just to monitor um, change detection and whatnot of this project as it's going on um, we think about um, UAV and precision agriculture being able to monitor your fields to see um, depending on what sensor you have on board, but to see if you need to add uh, more water or more nutrients to your actual system or to your crops is important. So being able to do that, drone information can allow us to do that. So so that's on the application side. Then if I think about the actual users, remember when I said I, I feel that drones is a disruptive technology and that it's bringing um, the traditional mapping survey techniques to non-professional surveying mapping um, folks. And so, you know, we have a software package, um, drone to map that allows um, drone, uh, uh, once you've collected drone data to then be able to process that data to produce the accurate information that you need for whatever type of application you're working on. And so I started to look at you know, who's buying this software and who's um, using it and, and that. So, you know, I have a breadth of knowledge of a couple of years working with this software and gathering this information. And what's interesting is that um, the user base has expanded such that your traditional photogrammetric, uh, photogrammetrists or survey type people, they're more at the lower end in terms of volume of users of this software. And now we're starting to see, yes, we still have surveyors, of course, but we're seeing business development folks, construction scientists. We're seeing firefighters, police officers, um, FBI agents. Um, I was just recently at two drone conferences, and I, I never witnessed so many, um, you know, first responders and firefighters and um police officers and FBI agents in, ever in my industry to date um, coming to see what's new and great about the landscape of drones. So I think the very fact that we're able to take our survey, traditional survey mapping expertise in terms of algorithms and mathematical models and whatnot and put it into software that it's under the hood, it then affords our users like, for example, police officers, firemen who don't even know what GIS is. When they come to our booth now, I don't even mention photogrammetry. I don't mention all of these things because they don't need to know that. They need to know that when they collect their drone data, they have a piece of software that's going to work and provide them information that they could then use and go about their normal workflow um, in a more efficient manner. So very interesting to hear that this this shift in the people using 
drones more, as you were saying, these these folks that have been traditional scientists about this sort of thing. Do you feel like the applications and, and the professionals are, they're successful in what they're doing with their projects, given that maybe they had less experience with this kind of technology? Yeah, great question. Um, I really believe the, I've, I've been seeing the software and the hardware combination. So the drones that are, they've, you know, come away a long way, even in the last few years, um, in terms of being able to provide a stable platform. And now that they're getting traction in, you know, a number of industries, um, expanding the different sensors that are on board those um, platforms. And then the software piece is, you know, creating a ribbon type interface that for, if we think about drone to map, you basically collect your data, press a button, it will process the data, and within the field, you can actually see if you've collected your whole area, um, you know, uh, if you've missed, missed anything or whatnot. So, so that's exciting. Um, but basically, it really is that simple. There's a series of products associated with what um, drone users in any remotely sensed um, user is, is trying to capture when we're working with sensors like your imagery and you want your imagery to be tied to the ground. You want the 3D component, so some train information about your area. So the software packages we're seeing today are able to quickly take all of those photos and derive an elevation model. And that's done with having these algorithms in the background to be able to process this information and do so. And, you know, your, your traditional products, they were spoke about in one of the other podcasts within this series. So for those who are just learning about this, you can go and, and listen to that to get a little more insight. And we'll provide some information, too, about the t traditional um, products that will be generated. So, you know, that is the speed of which users are able to get access to the information they've collected is, is really helping them to be successful, spending less time in the field. If we think about, you know, fire safety or, or public safety and police officers and hurricane re re uh, recovery efforts and whatnot, um, they are able to get in with these uh, remotely sent systems and, and get the information they need without putting people in harm's way and very quickly be able to have it up and shared online for end users, for many folks to have access to, to be able to see before and after effects of an area. Um, and, and having the accuracy needed um, to go forward and extract information. So within these the software packages such as like drone to map, the number of images that are collected, we then stitch those all together and we're using machine learning to be able to apply um, techniques to all of this imagery to produce a, a coverage map of your whole area that is accurate. Um, you could also add control. So um, depending on what type of application you're using or wanting to do, if it's construction, you tend to use want to have a bit more control. So you can collect your traditional survey type control. And these software packages allow you to input that and improve your model. But if you don't have control, something with drone to map, it's using all of our living atlas data to help Find where those images that you just took by this drone, where they are in relationship to the ground, pull it together and use 
the large collection of images that you're bringing together to, to refine that solution to get the accuracy you need. So without even having to worry about it, that is happening um, with the software packages, which is a wonderful thing because it is providing confidence to the end users, especially those who are now starting to test the data because, for example, with Drone to Map and other um, drone software packages, it allows you to generate an accuracy assessment report that your scientists and whatnot are used to having and can look at, but also boots on the street can be confident that what they are collecting makes sense. It is where it is on the ground, and they have some real tangible accuracy reports associated with that that um, allows them to move forward with success. Now, you, you mentioned more than once there that they can count on this information being accurate. Um, is it also meeting the survey and mapping standards uh, that folks might be concerned about? Yeah, excellent question. And also one of the um, earlier um, podcasts in this series, you know, talks about um, uh, the, the workflows, the practical workflow, the equipment and whatnot, and, and does get into a bit about control as well. And one of the things in most of the uh, podcasts we're talking about is planning. One of the key things is to be able to pl plan your area. What is your project? What is the scope of it? How do you want to collect the data? Um, and um, we're working with 3DR, for example, with a flight planning software that uses our ArcGIS base map data that helps you both with imagery and elevation data to plan your flight lines to ensure that you're collecting the appropriate amount of information at the right flying heights and whatnot um, to ensure that you, once you start to press that start button to produce that um, the output products, you'll have all the data collected already to do so. So that part, again, is also taking um, away the need for beginners working with drones to really have to have an understanding of control um, to do these things. But, you know, if you think about the survey and mapping professionals, they want, they are concerned about control for sure because that they're so used to precise um, collections. And so, you know, these software packages allow the input in of control. So you can use your handheld GNSS devices, um, plot, plan your, your, where you're going to position your control, go out and collect it as you traditionally would do in any kind of um, traditional survey mapping project, collect back control. Um, with our ArcGIS platform, we tend to use collector, which automatically populates it into ArcGIS Online, which is connected to drone to map. So it's all incorporated, easy for the end users to work with. And you can then run, rerun your model. So rerun your processing. It, it's minutes to do so. And your accuracy will improve um, because you've now added additional control to, to what was available before. So in that regard, the ability to be able to input control into these software packages, coupled with the already um, first order of, of processing, if you like, using existing data, um, allows you to reach, you know, survey types of accuracies. So uh, that's why I say complementary. You know, we're bringing in the non-professionals who are not used to our, you know, the traditional survey mapping world. They're benefiting from those techniques 
in um, a more um, high-level ribbon interface type environment, but yet a, your surveyor can still utilize this software as well and get the control they need to improve the solution, so meeting accuracies of both professions. Oh, that's great. Do you have any suggestions for non-survey and mapping professionals wanting to use drones in projects, but maybe they just aren't sure where to start? Sure. Uh, well, one of the, listen to the other three podcasts in this series because you know they're they're not long they're short enough that allow you to get an understanding of an actual project what is the market like who is using drones and and what are the applications and whatnot that's one of them um, and then what is the full workflow so we go through the, the the whole series and from end from beginning to end what does it look like what is needed from a hardware and software perspective and then we have an actual project in this series that really talks about okay this is my problem this is what i want to do how how do i go about it in drone so you've got those three and then with this one i'm hoping that the you know you're getting the sense that wow this, this is accurate this is making sense um and if you're not sure, though, we have some resources that will supply to the end users um, for this podcast as well, where we have within uh, Esri, we've got some a couple of learn lessons. So they're so just getting starting with with drone data, for example. So one of them is um, how to use drone to map for a project. So it's a free try. It's a free learn lesson, and with it, you'll get the software to try. You'll get a, a set of data, so a set of drone collected data, and w within an hour or so, or it's 30 minutes actually. That that learn lesson, you'll be able to import data, look at it in the software, and just see how easy it is to work with drone captured data, and then share it with say your colleagues. And then another one goes into a little more. A deeper dive of an example it's only an hour and 30 minutes but how to estimate the capacity uh, so storage capacity within an area using drone imagery so again having access to the software and a set of data um, that we actually used in a real project and being able to process data that data see how quickly it works quite easily um, and then output the accuracy report and then actually perform a task of calculating um, storage capacity, so a volume um, application. Another resource that we'll give you access to is a webinar that um, it's expanding your mapping capabilities or n knowledge of working with drones, so lessons learned in the field. My great friend, Will Short, he's in... Um, the East Coast, a university professor, and we work together a lot. He collects drone data and whatnot with NASA, or pro works on project with NASA, so he's got extensive field experience. And so we did a webinar of different applications and what are the best practices? What do I need to do to have success in my project? So you can check that out. And then if that's not enough, we've also published three articles, you know, different companies that we're working with to give you examples of three applications of working with drone data and you know how they found it useful or successful and how it improved their workflow. So I think you know a lot of information available um, for an end user even just starting to, to see does it make sense for me to start to work with drones, drone technology and whatnot um, 
the, you know, there's a rich collection that I think would hit the mark no matter what the background or experience of the end user is through these varied set of resources. Well, thank you, Lorraine. This has been very informative, and I hope folks will um, take a moment to check out the free resources um, and begin to learn more. There's some great opportunities to get people started with drones very easily, no matter what their experience level. Thanks very much. You're quite welcome. It was my pleasure.